Human Vortex Training and Menachem Brody present the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, physiology, psychology, tech, and much more to help you get fitter, faster, and stronger in and out of your sport, giving you expert insights, talking with other leading experts. And now, your host, world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 123 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to be a contrarian, but not a jerk. Now, this can be a little bit of a diplomatic area, if you will, when it comes to being able to not rub people the wrong way, which nowadays with the internet seems really, really hard to do. (laughs) I remember back in the day when I first started working with uh, cyclists and triathletes with heavy weights, a number of coaches decided that their index finger just belonged in the middle of my chest in a not very nice poking fashion, telling me about how I was destroying their athletes and their careers by having them lift heavy. Well, there are some days where I wish I would walk around a corner and see these coaches because they've drastically changed their tune. But well, uh, it doesn't really matter. What matters is they've come around and realized that there is a right way to do things. Now, here's the thing. I don't have the right way for everybody. No, I don't. What I do have is all of my mess ups that I have had over the last, oh geez, 26 years in and around the health and fitness industry. Um, I've been writing training programs for myself and others since 1996. So that's what, 26 years uh, coming up here. So it's a very, very long time. And that means that I have had a lot of mess ups. I have completely blown myself up. I have reached overtraining. No, not overreaching. I have overtrained myself uh, because we are all our worst self-coach. Um, There are very few individuals who are able to self-coach to high degree. We will cover that subject because the women's gold medalist uh, in the road race was touted in a number of press outlets as being self-coached, which isn't exactly true. And we'll talk about uh, that in an upcoming episode. So make sure you are subscribing and giving us a review, a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening, uh, especially Apple or iTunes. Now, before we get into today's main topic of being a contrarian but not a jerk, uh, just two quick announcements. Number one, the second edition of my book, Strength Training for Cycling Performance. You can pick it up on Amazon, and that's one of the goals here that we're looking to change on the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast of uh, not looking at strength training as simply a fall and winter and early spring thing. In fact, it is year-round. Over in my free group, the Strength Training HV Trainings, Strength Training for Cyclists and Triathlete group, we actually had a question come in that we covered in a Facebook Live. Uh, We do that on Wednesdays most of the time. We'll jump on a live, answer questions. So if you would like to learn more about strength training for cycling and triathlon and and get more in-depth tips beyond what we talk about here in the podcast or over on the YouTube channel, uh, go ahead and ask to join the HV Training, Strength Training for Cyclists and Triathletes group over on Facebook. It's free. All you need to do is answer three questions. That's all you need to do to gain. Uh, It's very simple. It's just a community of like-minded people who are asking 
the hard questions. And sometimes people are like, oh, this is a really easy question, but I'm wondering about X, Y, and Z. For example, for those athletes who are 50 plus, do you recommend, even after doing a winter and fall strength training base by MB, Menachem Brody, do you recommend uh, in-season strength training? And the answer to that was a resounding, absolutely, especially masters 50s plus need strength training year round. If you're not doing it, you're setting yourself back and that's gonna create more harm than good. But you can find that out for yourself. Just head on over to Facebook and ask to join the group and just answer the three questions. They're really simple. What is your big obstacle? Well, go ahead on over and find out for yourself. If you'd like to learn more about the five stages of strength training throughout the year, you can head back to one of our previous episodes, an early episode, number 18, from September in 2019. Uh, you can also head on over to the Human Vortex Training website. All of the podcasts have been uploaded and are there for you to scroll through, including pictures of our guests, making it a lot easier to find the guest podcasts, as well as most of them have show notes at this point or transcripts, so you can go through and easily read through uh, what we've covered uh, and share that on social media if you like. And that would uh, be greatly appreciated for those of you out there to share it. That's why we're here. I want to get the best information out there. Now, let's get into today's topic, which is contrarian but not a jerk. This is a diplomatic line, uh, especially nowadays with social media and, and how many people get offended. You know, if you you're, use the wrong uh, terminology in the wrong context, people seem to be rubbed the wrong way. And I've done that here on the podcast. I have said some things that have, uh, you know, I've put my flag on the ground that there are some coaches who should not be strength coaching. They shouldn't. And I stand by that. Just like there are people that come to me uh, for swimming and I tell them I should not be coaching you in technique for swim. I can give you the physiological workouts, but if you're going to ask for stroke feedback or you want deck side, don't pay me, pay somebody else who's better at that than me. You want strength training? You want cycling training? You want a physiological uh, or a, a, a training plan for cycling or triathlon that will get you there fitter, faster, and stronger and more intelligently for where you are today? I'm your guy. Teaching you better technique for your swim? Not your guy. Definitely not your guy. Don't come to me. <laughs> you want to have resources? You want me to hook you up with somebody in your region? Absolutely, I can do that. Um, but this is, I'm not trying to be a jerk. And that's where, you know, I'm learning. I'm, a, I'm, I'm still learning a lot. Uh, I've been doing this now almost 26 years. And uh, I think one of the things that has been the biggest uh, springboard for me, for my progression as a coach and, and getting to where I, I am and, and understanding what I do is number one, to check my ego at the door and, and recognize that I don't know that much. Sure, I know a lot more than other people, but in the grand scheme of things, I really don't know that much. And I'm not saying that to, to be bashful or, or humble. Like, I really don't. There's a lot of things. Every day, I have an interaction with an athlete or one of you here that listens to the podcast or those who are, are uh, emailing me or messaging me on Facebook or the enrollment calls that I have for the Big Gear Blueprint uh, program for our, our three- or six-month program where it's every week we do a, a Facebook Live, on the, or not Facebook, a live call. And in those groups, uh, the Big Gear Blueprint, I got to tell you guys, uh, there are some questions on there and I'm very honest with people. I say, you know what? That's a fantastic question. I don't have the answer off the top of my head. Give me a week or two to dive into this and see what I can come up with. There are some great questions in there. Um, 
And that's the power of the Big Year Blueprint. That's why I started offering it is realizing uh, back when we went through the 60-day body weight um, uh, program during Corona, when we had those weekly live calls for the beta group, there were fantastic questions and viewpoints. Some of them didn't agree with me, others agreed with me, but looked at it from a different angle. And so much was gained out of that by everybody in that group. That's how the Big Year Blueprint was blossomed. <laughs> Why not? We'll make it a, a, a rhyme. But that's how it grew out of that was uh, the realization that, hey, this this community group uh, coaching thing, the group coaching really has a lot of value for people. And that's why I developed that. But um, on point here for the contrarian, but not a jerk, there are a number of times, not just me, you know, I've, I've been learning a lot of, about photography uh, and filming the last couple of years. And uh, I've seen a couple of guys that at first when I got into it, I remember watching their YouTube videos and, and, and watching or listening to some of their podcasts uh, and thinking, wow, this guy is, is a little bit of a jerk. And over my time, uh, the, the two and a half, three years I've been learning about this stuff, uh, I've come back to them in a different light because I've learned more. And then I realized I thought they were being a jerk, but really what they were doing is they were going against all the stuff that I had learned as a, at the low level, and I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that here on the podcast, I hope the intonation comes across. There are times where I'm negative, and the reason I'm negative is out of a place of caring and, and frustration. And I have gotten, uh, you know, there were one or two episodes that my wife happened to be in the other room and, and overheard me recording. And she's like, are you sure you want to post that? You're, you're kind of upset and angry. And I said, yes, absolutely. People need to hear about how upset this makes me because it's stupid. It's stupid. And, and I'm getting... <laughs> I'm getting upset right now just thinking about some of the, the topics we've covered about mimicking uh, riding uh, movements, mimicking swimming positions for your strength training, and how many people are contacting me with injuries that are 100% avoidable. And we all do stupid things, myself included. My, my breaking my fibula was a stupid thing. I had been doing enough training to know that you don't put your foot down. If the bike's going to fall, you leave your, your hands on the handlebars, you stay clipped in, and you fall over. But lo and behold, in the moment, I did something really dumb, and I put my foot down to try and stop myself from having a 285-kilo scooter fall over. I mean, I'm teaching people, stay clipped in, take the, the impact with your elbow and your, or your shoulder, you know, protect yourself. Yep, I did it, man. I did it. I am human. I am 100% human and I messed up. Not only did I mess up, it cost me a surgery, it cost me three months on the sofa, uh, and it cost me lost work. Uh, and my wife, who was three and a half months pregnant at the time, had to not only be pregnant in her second trimester and deal with that stuff, but deal with me being broken on the sofa of a third story walk up. So she's doing all the groceries. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying here? Uh, I'm human. So we all mess up and, and being a contrarian uh, and coming across in a educating way can be very challenging. And, and I'm human. I mess up. I'm not perfect at it. Uh, there, uh, there's one podcast uh, where, you know, I listen to it now. I'm like, wow, that was pretty negative, man. Uh, I, I really hope people understand where I'm coming from. And, and that was a place of caring. And that's, that's the hard part of being a contrarian. We see that now. Uh, the financial markets, uh, everybody's talking about it, the inflation, it's everywhere in the news. Uh, so I started getting into it and listening to some of these other uh, contrarians. So Howard Marks, um, Warren Buffett a little bit, although Warren tends to be very jovial and very, uh, very suave in a good way. Like he's so, how could you not like Warren Buffett? I mean, he, 
he's just like the cuddly grandfather who has all this knowledge and lets you learn the lessons as you want uh, and has nothing bad to say about anybody. And I really try and keep that here as well on the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast and everything that I put out. I really try and be very positive uh, and not put anybody else down by name uh, or call people out like that. Um, There are some times where we need to shake up a little bit because it is getting to a point where, where it has to be a little bit more extreme. And I'm learning as a coach, as a human being, I'm learning how to do this much more uh, politically correct. And, and and again, I really try not to make it a, a personal attack. And if uh, if you're listening out there and I've, I've upset you in any way, I really hope that, that you can forgive me and, and know that it comes from a place of caring. And I'm human. I mess up. And uh, maybe I, I did come off as a jerk, or maybe I was a jerk. Maybe I was a jerk. Uh, my e- inbox is open. If you think I came off as a jerk, go ahead and tell me. Call me out on it, man. Um, don't be mean about it. Uh, you know, I'm not doing anything to, to be mean to people. Um, but being a contrarian and not a jerk can seem at an impossible task at times, especially when uh, people's health and fitness is at a point where uh, it's getting hurt. So in specific, you know, being a contrarian, I've spoken a couple times here about uh, Iron Man and how I really feel strongly uh, that Iron Man as a brand is doing more harm than good. They're, they're really charging a premium for these events. Granted, with Corona nowadays and all the closure, the, the premium fees, I think, are much more reasonable at this point because of the, the steps they need to take in order to decrease the, the spread of, of Corona uh, and the appropriate uh, uh, precautions they have to take. So I understand that. Um, but I think that there should definitely be a process that you need to show that you've done at least three years of training in endurance sports, that you've overall maintained a, a, a injury-free. But let's be honest about it here. Iron Man is a business. They are a publicly traded company, uh, which means they are now answering to the shareholders, or should be, uh, which means they're looking to drive revenues and see growth every single year, which means the fees are going to go up. They're going to try and grow uh, their ability, their their visibility as a brand. They've certainly gotten way more aggressive uh, with defending the Ironman brand. You'll notice that on Training Peaks, that unless someone is an Ironman brand coach who's gone through that program, they cannot say an Ironman training program. It needs to be a full or a half. Uh, so 70.3 Ironman and Ironman are, are copyright and trademarks, uh, which means that you cannot use it. And I totally understand and agree with their right to defend that. What I don't agree with is allowing people who haven't done endurance sports before uh, essentially doing what was the equivalent of a marathon back in the 70s and 80s. Back in the 70s and 80s, people would say, oh, I signed up for marathon. People go, what? You're crazy. You're going to run 26.2 miles. Now people are saying, I'm going to run 26.2 miles after a 2.4 mile open water swim, after 110 miles on the bike. And frankly, uh, it's destroying a lot of people. And and the, the contrarian part of me is saying that we should have filters. There need to be uh, stages that someone needs to get to to show that they have the ability to get through this event without doing lifelong or, or half a decade long damage to their body, their knees, their backs, their hips, their muscles. Um, yes, some of you are going to get upset by me saying that. Like, how can you say you're taking away my choice to sign up for an Ironman? It's like a a kid complaining for candy. And the parent knows that if you eat too much candy, number one, you're going to have a sugar crash. And number two, it's not healthy for you. So it's going to lead you to higher risk of obesity, higher risk of Alzheimer's possibly. We don't know for sure with the uh, the research that's coming out, but we do know that sugar affects the brain much like a number of drugs um, and a number of other things. So 
yeah, I think there should be a process. Or if you want to be exempt, that, that there should be waivers signed, uh, longer extent, and, and there should be a, a proof of training uh, that you're doing at least nine months of training leading up to that event. I mean, these are things that I look at, and, and that's where I come from, ladies and gentlemen, is from a holistic, a truly holistic and, and functional fitness background. And that is um, how I got started with the Brody Meets Brody uh, segment over on, on YouTube with one of my mentors and, and um, coaches, um, Laser Brody, is we got started because we were talking. He does health and fitness uh, and also spiritual wellness. I do health and fitness and also, you know, spiritual tends to be mixed in there, although I don't get into the details at the level he does. Um, but we looked at it of, you know, he's 72. I'm his junior. And we both have great perspectives and, and experience that can be really beneficial to folks. And together we can connect and, and get more people to understand lifelong health and fitness. And that's what we need to think about. You know, so being a contrarian when it comes to strength training, yes, you should lift heavy stuff. Absolutely, you should lift heavy stuff after you've gone through anatomical adaptation, learn how to move well. Do I think that women uh, around menopause, uh, pre and post menopause should lift heavy things? Absolutely, 100%. You look at the training that many of the women that I have in that age category or that stage of life are doing, they are lifting heavy things. And then they're going back and they're doing hypertrophy again. And then we go through anatomical adaptations, the end of the season, two to four weeks, just get the movements going a little bit better. Let's get you moving a little bit better. When they first started, we didn't lift heavy things to the behest of some of them. Well, don't you see the research? The research says, so-and-so says, this other person says, this other person says, this other coach says, all these people are telling me that I lift heavy stuff and you're telling me to do body weight or band exercises for the next month. Yes, because your movement patterns suck. You cannot move yourself safely and loading you is just going to lead you down to risk of injury. And there are a number of women who have contacted me and coaches who have women who have hurt themselves from going and jumping on the bandwagon too fast. Being a contrarian is not easy. Just like the, you know, Dr. Stacey Sims went out there and said, women are not small men. How many years did it take for coaches to listen? I know the answer because I've been following Stacey since the very early years. Seven years. Seven years freaking years. Can you imagine how frustrating that is for her to sit there, for anybody to sit there and say, women are not small men. Hello, is anybody listening? Women are not small men. Stop training your women like small men. Women are different. The internal environment is different. We need to do different things with our female clients. This isn't working. It's not working. Change what you're doing. It's very frustrating and it takes time. But once you get to that point, it's just like getting water out of a hand pump at a well. Now, some of you are too young or, or have only grown up in an urban environment. Um, and what I would encourage you is, I don't know if it's on Google, if you can find a hand pump well, but my first experience uh, was when I was 11, uh, out near my grandmother's house in central Pennsylvania, there was a hand well, but I had forgotten about that uh, uh, when we went on a family vacation to my grandmother's. Every summer we went, it was a, you know, a drive from Pittsburgh, a car ride, which wasn't super duper long, so we would go every summer. We would spend about a, a week out there, which was fantastic. I learned a lot about animals. I learned a lot about nature, which as a city boy, I never knew. I knew cats and dogs and squirrels <laughs> and birds. That was about it. Um, that was one of the things I loved about my grandmother's house. But uh, hand pump, uh, I had another experience when I had just started coaching. We went out for a ride in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike uh, had led us out on one of his uh, childhood rounds that he had done, and there was a hand pump there. And, and I got to tell you, a hand pump well water 
it's so crisp, so cold. I'm salivating because it's so refreshing. <laughs> but you've got to work. And this is where uh, one of the other guys I was out on uh, the ride with, one of my teammates, you know, they're each taking turns. Mike's sitting there and saying, you know, he's talking and, and pumping and pumping and pumping. And if anybody out there has listened to Zig Ziglar, he tells that, you know, success is like a hand pump. You sit there, you're pumping, you're pumping, you're pumping, you're sweating, you're breaking a sweat, you're pumping. So Mike finished and then Justin took over and Justin's pumping. Justin's been on this a couple of times and Justin's like, okay, my shoulder's getting tired. Uh, and then one of the other guys goes over and starts pumping and he's like, oh, this is stupid. Nothing's happening. And he lets it go and starts walking away. And Mike goes, no, 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 no you got to go over hold on and he starts pumping it back up well it took us about two and a half three minutes to get enough pressure in but once we got that man that water was so refreshing it's the same thing with being a contrarian it takes a while and it's it's finding that balance between uh not shock and awe but but just saying it enough and then saying it in ways that people get it um, and it takes time. So here we're all about year-round strength training, not just living, he lifting heavy stuff. Lifting heavy stuff takes time. And this is where you've got to pump the well. It's not just teaching you uh, and getting the message out there of it's got to be year-round strength. You've got to go through at least three of the five stages. I used to say four. I'll back off from that. If you don't want to do the conversion to sports-specific strength, that's fine. You don't want to take the time learning or refining your braking, your cornering, your bike handling, um, your gear selection, learning how to climb and sprint. Okay, cool. I get that. Skills is boring until you see the reward in speed and ease of riding. And then you're like, wow, I wish I would have done this more. <laughs> Just 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day of skill practice or 10 minutes you're on the bike at the beginning, at the end, uh, makes all the difference. And you can do it while people are getting ready in the car park. Uh, you can do it at the end of the ride uh, safely for some stoplights. You can do it on some bike trails. You can do it if it's safe and it's early enough and no one else is out there. But please make sure there really isn't anybody else out there. Do not practice your braking on a wide open stretch where people tend to drop the hammer. That is not your place to practice power skits. <laughs> do it off the track. Uh, we almost had a massive accident on one of our group rides because of that. There was somebody up ahead, sprinting, 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 grabbed a handful of brake. Uh, thankfully, the ride leader who was at the front recognized uh, very quickly what was going on and we managed to avoid it, but <laughs> back on track. Uh, being a contrarian is very much uh, a difficult tightrope to walk because you, you need to say the message enough and those of you out there who are listening, I know I've spoken to a number of you on the phone, uh, just because you're curious, you have questions, and you know it's not a sales call, we just talk shop. You know, you send me a couple emails with good questions, hey, why don't we jump on a phone call and go through this? It's amazing what we can cover in a 15-minute phone call and, and how much you learn. But you out there who are listening, um, and that's, you know, that's where this episode comes from is one, because, uh, I did have one episode in particular where I got you know, hot under the collar and, and was a little bit negative or okay, a decent amount negative. Um, but there really is a time and a place, uh, to kind of shake things up a little bit. But for those of you out there who are talking to your, your riding buddies, to your coaches, um, to other coaches, that strength training should be done year round. And they say, no, 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 it's fall and winter. We want to be a contrarian, but not a jerk. And, and sometimes you just have to be patient. Um, you know, I started this process of strength training for cyclists back in 2005. So it's been 16 years now. Uh, and it's been a very, you know, up and down. You know, when I say 2005 is when I was coaching others. So I actually started 2003 with myself, 2002, actually, 2002, 2002 uh, with myself. So 19 years ago, uh, I messed up a bunch of times with myself. I messed up a couple of times, as you've heard here on the podcast, my first three female athletes, I messed up. 
because I was treating them like small men. That's how I found Dr. Sims. <laughs> but there's a time and a place, and you can't lead a horse, you, you can't force a horse to drink, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. And that's the hard part of this for many of us, for many of you out there listening, is that you've seen the light. And when people say, but the research shows that it doesn't work, or the research shows that what you're doing doesn't work, there's no research to support what you're doing, or I, am a, I have an evidence-based practice, show me the science and then we'll do it, as I did back when I started coaching. That was me, that was me many years ago. I said those words, show me the research and then we'll do it. That was me. Ah, saw the light. <laughs> but we need to be a contrarian uh, and not a jerk. And sometimes it's just leaving the, the disagreement where it is and say, hey, you know what? Okay, we disagree. Uh, this is what, what you feel. That's fine. That's your opinion. I respect that. Uh, and I respectfully disagree. And some people like to just rub in, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh, and a lot of it really comes down to being able to balance uh, understanding the context, I mean, social context is so huge right now. I just had an interaction uh, a couple days ago on the uh, Facebook, on the Facebook, on Facebook uh, in an uh, open group. Somebody asked, which training plan is better? Uh, and I just asked, I just said, you know, we can't really decide which one is better because we don't know the context of this, uh, who the athlete is, their entry history, etc. So I reached out and I direct messaged the person in private because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a jerk. I just wanted to be, I'm curious, I'm genuinely curious and text doesn't convey tone. So I sent them a quick message, asked them a more direct question in DM, they messaged me back and I responded with the voice text uh, because the voice makes it very clear. And that's why I started podcasting. The voice, if I wrote some of the things I said on this podcast, uh, yeah, that wouldn't go so well. <laughs> I'd be the a-hole on the internet, right? Um, but with the voice, you can hear that I'm passionate and yeah, I'm upset about it, but it's not from a bad place. So I sent him a voice message and he sent back, yeah, well, one of these is Maka's uh, plan and the other is uh, Mark Allen's plan. So I sent them a voice message right afterwards saying, well, you know, that layer is really, really important because Maka focused a lot on the bike. He could bike all day, many, many miles, and it wouldn't beat him down. Whereas Mark Allen, if I'm not mistaken, he could handle high running loads. Like he was running high mileage. So we can't say which one is a better training plan. If we swap those, that training plan would probably destroy Maka and destroy Mark Allen. So then we would say, well, that was a really awful training plan. Um, but we can't do that without being curious uh, and asking. And that's where uh, I'd recommend many of you uh, who have reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I've been following the podcast. I, I, I experience it. I can't reach my coach or my coach is telling me that, you know, the common accepted time to taper is four weeks out from an event and to cut all strength training. I can't get through to him and it's so frustrating or I'm so upset with my coach because they're telling me that they're going to, you know, if I don't stop strength training, they're going to stop coaching me, which by the way, as a coach, that's not the way to go. Um, meet the person where they are uh, and, and just tell them, look, this is not my approach. And if you do that, I'm not responsible for the, the end result because you're not following the plan as I write it, uh, which is totally okay. But don't tell them that you're going to stop coaching them because of that. Um, just my two cents and make of it what you will. You can, you can tell me to, to you know, <laughs> take a hike. Um, but a lot of it comes down to intonation. So, so a few of you have sent me screenshots of conversations you've had that clearly emotions get high. Um, text does not convey tone. 
And that's one of the reasons I'm not super active on Facebook for written things. I like to do video much more. I like to do podcasts or, or voice messages. Um, we really want to make sure that we're being a contrarian, we're being curious, and also recognizing that we don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And, and two or three of you in the last couple of weeks have asked me which program is best for you and sent me a couple of my own programs, and I, I don't know. We jumped on a phone call, two of you. The third one, I'm waiting to hear back from you to schedule uh, as of this recording, which hopefully by the time this goes out, you'll, you'll have already gotten back to me. But I don't have all the answers. I don't know. Um, I wish I did. You know, then I would be the wisest man when it comes to strength training for cyclists and triathletes. But that's part of this journey, right? So every question that, that I have answered, I find that I have at least 10 or 15 new ones uh, that go even deeper. And it's just exploring that. Um, and I'm not always uh, super curious about things. There are times I actually have a, a notes uh, section on my iPhone uh, from many years ago that I still go back to that I still don't have the answers to. Uh, because there are times where I go through and I learn a lot and I and then I stop uh, anywhere from, I don't know, a week to a couple months where I apply things and see what happens and try things and tinker and a little bit of a, a scientist and try things and tell athletes, hey, we're going to try something new or what do you think about doing this? I know that technically the research doesn't say this, but I think it would work for you. What do you think? Hey, good idea, bad idea. But there's a time that we need to be a contrarian and there's a time that we need to take a step back and say, how do I know this is true? And ask ourselves, am I just saying the opposite because that's been my one experience or do I have lots of experience? And that's where it can be hard on yourself because we all get dug down into these mentalities and mindsets of this is what works. This is what works for me. But as we go through and we have more experience with more athletes, we talk to more coaches, we talk to more folks we begin to wonder, is that actually the best approach? Or did that happen to work for me where I was at that time or for that athlete where I was at that time? I don't have a single athlete that we've gone back and done 80% of the same strength training program as the year before. I don't have an athlete that we've gone back and done 70% of the same swim, bike, run program or bike program we did the year before. It's always constantly changing and moving, and that has to do with things that I've learned, uh, things that they've learned, but also the influences of social media and research and whatever's being published at the time. Nowadays, we're seeing a lot of different research articles are being published on strength training for cycling, but none of it is really saying that strength training helps because they're focused on the mechanical aspect. Picking up a weight in a weight room is not going to help you be a better cyclist by itself. Learning the skill of how to push, pull, squat, hinge, press, and resist rotation between the ribcage and pelvis, and how to apply those skills on the bike by practicing your on-bike skills, cornering, braking, gear selection, how to climb, how to sprint, that is going to help you. And when you learn the skills of strength training and you practice them year-round, two to four days a week in small doses that aren't going to take you all the way up, well, that's where a lot of aha moments happen. It's not through these massive big efforts that people think they are. It's not crushing yourself in the weight room here from September, October, November, or November, December, January, and not being able to walk for two days after and barely getting on the bike. No, that's not how it works. And this is where being a contrarian is really important. But don't be a jerk. Don't go to the people that are doing that and say, you're doing it wrong. Ask them, why are you doing it this way? Oh, well, that's what I read. Or, oh, that's what this program has. And just ask questions. Be curious in a helpful way. If they're seeing success with it, great, let them go through with it and suggest, hey, here's a podcast that I listen to that I think you might find interesting. It talks about doing things a little bit of a different way. I've seen great results with it. Maybe it'll help you. 
Or, hey, here's a book I just picked up that has a very different approach to doing things. Hey, have you tried strength training year-round? These are the types of things that we want to do, but I want to make sure that, you know, as we build here on the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast uh, over the last 111 episodes and however many more we have coming up, that we're building a community of contrarians. And this is going to change. You know, hopefully a number of years from now, I'm going to say, hey, we need to be a contrarian in a different way because now people are strength training year round and maybe they're doing something else that is too far in the other direction. Maybe it's something that we actually talked about. Maybe people are doing too much year-round strength training and they need to do less. That's just the ebb and flow. But the key is for all of us to make sure that as we're being a contrarian, recognize that sometimes I can get heated under the collar. I may say things in a way that may be a little bit more negative than they need to be or a lot more negative than they need to be. Sometimes you just got to take a breath and step back and say, it's cool, man. Everybody's going to try different things. Different things are going to work for different folks. And we're just trying the best we can to balance out whatever the masses are doing at the time, because that's how we're going to progress. It's not through saying people are wrong or, uh, you know, people shouldn't be doing this. I, I do feel strongly about that, very strongly. There are some coaches that if they came and asked me, should I be doing strength training with my athletes? I would say, nope, not at all. <laughs> Here's why and have a conversation with them. And it may be they just don't know what they don't know. And that's totally fine. I was totally one of those people. There's some, sometimes I still am. And again, people are, are a little surprised when I say to them, I don't know the answer to that question, but that's the honest truth. And as a coach, as an athlete, that's as a professional, that's one of the best ways that you can continue growing and being a truly world-class uh, professional. Just to be honest, I don't know. Sometimes the best answer is to take a, a couple of seconds, think, and just say, you know what, that's a great question. I don't know the answer. Here's what I think might make sense, or here's what I know in my experience, or I just don't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that. Or I could look into that, but that's not my area. Well, that's it for today. I know that's a very different uh, intonation, a very different uh, rhythm than what we've had. But I, I found that the interview with uh, with Matt here um, you know, the comeback quotient, tragedy and resilience are the same playbook. I really found that a, a great w way for me to kind of rebalance things because, you know, as we go through here, this is a little bit of a comeback quotient uh, of, you know, having the resilience to still be a contrarian despite the market continuing to go up as a financial expert. That's not me. I'm just using that as an experience. Despite people seeing results with lifting heavy stuff right now. We have to just take that breath and recognize that there's going to be different strokes for different folks. And when there is a following, you know, James Clear has in his book, Atomic Habits, BJ Fogg talks about this as well. You follow the masses and you follow influencers. I'm not really a mass. I'm not really an influencer. You know, hopefully I've influenced you here to think critically, to look at things in a different light, to learn from my mess ups. And some of them were pretty epic. You know, I gave myself a back injury. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve my back injury. I said it. And when I finally owned that, instead of being pissed off that I followed a research article and got upset at the researchers, at the belt, at all these things, but I finally accepted my mistake is when I finally grew and have been able to help a number of you get out of back pain, get away from back pain, avoid a major back injury, or bounce back after a back injury. But as that chime goes off, that's very fortuitous because, yep, that was kind of my reminder, my injury. Vroom was, hey, you can help a lot of people with this when you recognize that you messed up. 
So that's it for today. I hope you uh, found this to be useful and hopefully a little bit inquisitive. If you found it not to be your style, that's okay. That's not really the normal style here at Strong Savvy Cycles and Triathlete Podcast, but we've all got to be grounded. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you've liked, rated us five stars on the Apple iTunes store or whatever fine podcast uh, platform you've downloaded. And uh, stay tuned for next week. Check out the Human Vortex training website. We do have the Strength Training for Cyclist certification coming open here the end of October, early November, and the upcoming release of the Strength Training for Cycling performance book. So until next time, remember, train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you. That's it for this episode of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast with world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button and give us a review. For more exclusive content, visit humanvortextraining.com or get the latest expert videos from Coach Brody on the HVT YouTube channel at HV Training. Until next time, Remember to train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you.